I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Except it's not. It's Leah Murray and my good friend Scott Simpson filling in today for Boyd. And you're here with us for our number two of Expanded Inside Sources. It's so great to be with you. We've got with us on the phone, I'm just going to bring him right in. Yeah. Scott, you ready? Um, Representative Robert Spenlove, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you. Robert, I don't know how you get the Scott's extra time. Scott's got some feelings. Get ready. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little spun up here, not, and it has nothing to do with what you're doing on Capitol Hill. I appreciate your public service, but what is it with this economy? I thought we were supposed to be diving into a recession by now with these raising rates and GDP's up. What's up with that? It, it's like the bizarre world of the economy where we just keep waiting for it to crash, and it's not. The shoe isn't dropping. What what is it with economists? Like it, you're it, you're it's different than weathermen. Like you you get to you get to be wrong, and everybody in eco- economics gets it, to be wrong, and right? we accept it. It's just it's crazy. Well, you know they say the job of an economist is to miss uh, misforecast something, then tell you why he was actually right. <laughs> I love that. All right, so talk to us about what is going on. Because I do feel like Scott's you know, teasing you just a bit and um, economists just a bit as well. But it felt like all of last year was kind of doom and gloom. But then we get to the end, right? And I'm looking at this chart on CNBC, and it looks like we're actually okay for the year. Um, and the fourth quarter numbers look good. Can you just explain to us what is happening with this numbers around the GDP growth? Yeah, so, you know, GDP is gross domestic product. It's the broadest measure of the economy that we have. So it's the value of everything that we produce and sell. And so it it really is kind of the main indicator of how the economy is doing. And, you know, we've we've been seeing this overheating growth in the economy. Uh, That's what we see with the inflation. So the Federal Reserve has been trying to slow this down. They're trying to slow down the inflation, slow down the economy, and we were kind of expecting to see that. And we have seen that. So last month or last quarter, uh, GDP was, you know, about just over 3%, uh, 3.2. We thought it would slow, and it did slow, but not as much as we thought. So that what we're seeing is the economy is just not slowing as quickly as we had anticipated. And the reason that's a problem is if the economy doesn't slow fast enough, the Fed's going to keep going, raising interest rates. This is what's got me confused, Robert, is, um, you know, the market just closed 
and it was up 204 points. They saw this GDP number, and typically when they see GDP numbers in the face of uh, this laddered uh, raising rate environment from the Fed, they would they would expect another Fed jump, you know, and and so they would react negatively. I would think that the stock market would have tanked in the last couple of hours of trading today. What I don't get it. Well, and it did tank in the first couple hours. I mean, right. if you look at the, the chart was really interesting this morning where as soon as the numbers came out, the stock market jumped and then it tanked and then it jumped again, then it tanked again. So even the markets are trying to say, okay, what do we do? Is this good news or is it bad news? So at least by the end of the day, markets had decided this was good news, uh, but it, it's still that high level of uncertainty. And that's, that's the biggest struggle right now. When I talk to people, you know, kind of uh, people on the ground, business owners, they're saying it still doesn't feel right. And so they, they even feel like, you know, like the economy is weakening or maybe we are hitting a trough, but the data isn't showing it. And that's the struggle. So I'm going to ask for a forecast. I can't, I can't help myself. I'm going to ask for a forecast, Robert. What, What's next? I mean, are we going to see continued Fed action as a result of this? Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately... We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I think we will continue to see Fed action. Let me give you one other data point that is really interesting. So if you look at weekly jobless claims, so it's the the number of people that file for unemployment insurance. Uh, Again, if the economy is weakening, we keep hearing about all these layoffs. We should see jobless claims going up. This morning, the number came in for last week, it went down. And it went down to pre-pandemic levels. So, so th- th- that sends the message to the Fed, you have to keep going. So I think the Fed is going to keep raising rates uh, over the next few meetings, probably until June. We're probably going to go another half a percent to three quarters of a percent higher. And then they're going to keep those rates higher for pr- probably the rest of this year. All right, so I have a question based on something you just said, Robert. So we were hearing about layoffs, but we actually had an economist on the show, I feel like last week or the week before, but feeling like those layoffs were in one sector of the economy, right? Like it was big tech that was doing the layoffs. Do you think that's why, you know, we're not seeing the jobless claims kind of revealing what we would expect? So we're hearing it, but it's so, you know, marginalized, if you will, in that tech sector that it's just not having an impact elsewhere? Yeah, I think what's happening is as soon as those people are being laid off, they're being scooped up really quickly. And there, there's been uh, the labor market has been so tight. In fact, I was just talking to a, a tech business owner today and he said, well, six months ago, we had 10 positions we couldn't fill. Now we only have two. 
And so it's still really tight. And we're scooping them up so quickly that uh, that there's still still one of the biggest struggles is that tight labor market. And the reason why that's a problem is it's driving wage inflation higher, which then drives overall inflation higher. And we're really seeing that in the service sector where the, the inflation service sector inflation is the highest and is higher than the overall inflation. Robert, I keep hearing anecdotally, you know, the tech sector is having layoffs, but, you know, some big big tech na- sort of national announcements, but also some of the tech companies that we've had here have been reducing their workforce. Utah's economy, is it still uh, cooking with gas? Or are we moving in the right direction? You know, Utah it has such a strong economy. We have good economic fun- fundamentals. We have a, a, a young, hardworking, well-educated workforce. We also have a really good business environment. And frankly, we just have, it's a great place to live. And so people want to move here. We're definitely exposed to the national, you know, the national risks. We're seeing drops in housing prices. We're seeing weakness in those sectors, specifically the tech sector. And Scott, you're in my sector, the financial services industry. Uh, those interest rate sensitive sectors are exposed, but I think our fundamentals are still really strong. All right. Representative Robert Spendlove is Senior Vice President and Public Policy Officer at Zions Bank, which is why we had you here today. But you are also representing District 42 in the Utah House. And in like the last minute, do you want to tell us anything exciting that's happening up there? You know, I, the, the big thing here, and it's related, we're trying to figure out what to do about, uh, you know, how our revenue is going to come into the state. What do we do about tax policy in the state? How do we position ourselves uh, for success in the future? And it is, you know, it's kind of a, a tough question right now when we have historic revenue surpluses, but we're all expecting that, that the economy is slowing. So how do you kind of prepare for that? So there's a lot of discussions about that right now. Well, and you've got constitutional provisions that require it be spent certain ways. That's, uh, that's got to make that job even more difficult. Yeah, we, we put up, and it's good because we put up these kind of protective walls around our different uh, revenue sources and the way that we spend our revenue. But it does make uh, budgeting that much more difficult because you can only spend certain money in certain areas. And so it, it does place constraints. And so that's going to be another discussion this year is how do we, how do we allocate based on those requirements and do we change those? Robert Spendlove, Senior VP of Public Policy uh, at Zions Bank and, and a Big shot legislator out there. He's buying buying and selling on Capitol Hill. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. Thanks so much. Coming up, the U.S. Congress is getting back to work. And what should they be thinking about this year as it relates to election reform? We're going to talk about it after the break. Classified document. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.